The following program is paid for and presented by John DeMassey. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Talk with a Purpose right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Good to have you with us. Good to have the time to spend with you right here every Saturday from 9 until noon. We are ready to talk to you. Today we have at 11 o'clock, we have Derek Hahn, who is going to come on from Recovery Centers of America, our Fighting the Opioid Addiction series. And that'll be at 11 o'clock today. And next week, Denny Levinson coming on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think Denny has anything to talk about? <laughs> And the following week, the 15th of October, Congressman Jeff Van Drew. So, I mean, we've got a a power-packed lineup for the month of October in store for you right here on Talk With a Purpose. But for now, we have today to deal with. And I wanted to talk, I I was going to talk about this, and I was at a client dinner the other night, and my wheels started turning. A lot of the people, and, and this was a group, there was about 40 of us, and a group that all ages are represented, 35 to 85. So that was, a, it's a pretty good spread. They started to talk about the election, a few of them, and, and I, I did not participate in this discussion. This is not a barometer of the people, but everybody said, Oh, Trump, he bankrupted Atlantic City. Trump, is a, he's an awful man. I won't vote for him. I'll vote for a libertarian before I vote for him. I'm an independent. I don't, I don't think he'll ever become president, and so on and so forth. Some of the comments that I heard were not favorable to Trump. But you would expect that in mixed company. But I, I thought what I would tell you, that, again, it's not a slam dunk that Trump wins the election if he gets the nomination. And I've been concerned about this for quite some time. And even more upsetting is the way that Republicans are just going along and not addressing the issues that Biden has created. Like, let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about the stock market. Let's talk about an economy that's in shambles, despite what Biden says. I mean, the biggest thing, I think, in all of this is the abortion issue. Yes, I think abortion will definitely hurt Republicans. And I want to point this out by saying, let's look at this one race. And I know it doesn't affect us, but it's a barometer of what to expect as far as Republicans are concerned. The race in Pennsylvania for governor. Now, I've had friends of mine who live in Pennsylvania tell me, and they are Republicans, that this candidate, Doug Mastriano, is so extreme that it isn't even funny. I mean, talk about an agenda He doesn't believe in abortion in any way, shape, or form. 
He doesn't believe in gay marriage. He doesn't believe in a lot of things that we've come to accept in today's world. And the other thing that it's he's running out of money. So, you know, we've got this candidate who represents Republicans. Well, not all Republicans, fortunately. But he's he's not a good candidate. I mean, it's as simple as that. If he believes it, so do others. And that's what people do believe that, well, if he believes it, I guess the Republicans talk about a, a, a really a, a situation that we don't want. But it's it, it's really something that Republicans are fighting on several fronts. Gas prices are getting back to normal. So that's a way for the Biden people to say, well, see, see what he, he's he's improving. He's doing a lot better. What? <laughs> what? I mean, he's he's doing a lot better. <laughs> uh, did you see where he called out a, a woman the other day when he was speaking and he called out? Oh, is she here? She's dead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But the fact is that if, if, if it's Biden and Trump, they're going to vote for Biden, the lesser of two evils. And the Republicans are not helping themselves by focusing on abortion and this whole issue. Look at Lindsey Graham. He wants abortion stopped. So the, the, the main issues are the the economy. I mean, it's in shambles. And in spite of what Biden says, it's in shambles. So I don't understand how people can vote for him, but they will. Again, I was at this dinner and it's a mixed crowd. They're all ages and they're independent and they're libertarian and they're Republican and they're Democrats. But even the Republicans won't vote for Mastriano. So I, I just think that the Republicans are out of whack and they've got to focus. And I've been saying this all along. They've got to focus on the issues that are important to people. And that is the economy, health care inflation, just being able to feed your families. Now, I heard this a report this morning, turkeys are going way up. <laughs> I mean, it, it's everywhere. So I think we need to get our house in order and we need to focus. And we'll certainly talk to Jeff Van Drew in a couple of weeks about the abortion issue. And does he think it affects the Republicans? But that's my take on it. And we bring in, as always, Seth Grossman to uh, lend some sanity to our discussion here. Seth, good morning. Welcome to Talk of the Purpose. Good morning. And, of course, uh, I invite everybody to our what will probably be a lightly attended session of the LibertyandProsperity.com breakfast at uh, you know, at Sal's and Groveland Avenue and uh, New Road and Summers Point. But I invite you. I already got some calls from some of the people 
further out who said they they can't make it because the uh you know they don't want to drive in this weather uh, but i'll be there and i'm sure we'll have uh, plenty of people to talk about it and of course it'll be on zoom i just go to our liberty and website but to answer your question as to what republicans need to do to win an election all they have to do is look over at italy where Giorgia Maloney uh, won this upset victory. Nobody could figure out how she did it. And uh, we, we did a lot of, uh, we posted a lot of her stuff, her speeches translated into English, uh, some of the work she did, some of the background. So I, you know, I urge everyone to go to our libertyandprosperity.com website to look at it. So, so what did, you, you know, what happened with Giorgia Maloney? Because I didn't know much about her. And after they won the election, all you saw was every mainstream media outlet on your computer. Oh, the fascist, extreme right, it's horrible, another Mussolini. And all you could see is what the mainstream media was saying about Georgia Maloney. You had no idea what she actually said, what she actually did, what she actually stood for. So I spent like an hour trying to get her speeches in video and I couldn't find anything. All I got was the uh, mainstream media trashing her. And even the press of Atlantic City did a full-page story uh, with an Associated Press article trashing her. But finally, after enough people uh, like Reason Magazine and others made a big stink, uh, Google finally admitted that they were uh, rigging the search engine so you couldn't find her stuff. And YouTube apologized for, quote, accidentally removing her videos uh, from the screen by saying it violated their community uh, guidelines. So anyway, all the stuff is back up. So what she, she talked about on, on the abortion issue, uh, the way she handled it, I think, was masterful. She said, you know, abortions are wrong, and I don't want to have young women put in a position of uh, poverty or having a child. We have to help families. We have to encourage people who get married, help them raise their children, help them get the daycare they need. So she had the anti-abortion message, but in a very positive way that appealed to women. women. So uh, she did that right. Uh, she said, uh, you know, I'm for sexual identity, but not the gender ideology. I'm against the LGBT lobby. Uh, I'm not against anybody who has a certain preference and does what they want to do, you know, you know, in their own bedroom. So uh, if you want to know how to win an election, just look at that Georgia Maloney. And I think it gives a lot of hope. And I think she is so persuasive and so effective in Italy. Uh, and, and the other thing about her is she speaks a perfect Spanish. And there's a speech where she was talking about how to free, you know, the uh, Latino community in America uh, from the evil of communism and socialism and how Italy and Spain have to stand up for uh, the Latin American community uh, here uh, in the Western Hemisphere. I mean, she's just brilliant. And I think that's why she's so hated and, um, and, and why actually she gives us a lot of hope. So I don't know if you followed her at all, but uh, that's worth noting. Just, just briefly, but you're saying that if the Republicans follow that, then maybe they've got a shot. But, but I'm concerned that they don't, they don't pay attention to this. They they are stuck on this. I, I no abortion, no abortion. And this Mastriano is a real extreme guy. So I, I just I'm concerned about that. 
Uh, I, I am, and, and you have to be careful because even if you're not extreme, I don't think I'm extreme, but yet the media will say I'm extreme. So yes. You really have to uh, not give them uh, the rope that they're going to hang you yeah, with. Yeah. Um, but but this, this uh, Georgia Maloney, she just overcame it. She just said, you know, we need secure borders. No massive immigration. We need uh, jobs for our citizens, not for the global financial elites. She said yes to our civilization, no to those who want to destroy it, sticking up for law and order. Uh, You know, and she said, she just, uh, she she just touched the issues that people care most about, and the political class does not care about it. And if Republicans want to win elections, they have to learn. Uh, from what, what folks like uh, Georgia Maloney is doing. So that's why we, we devoted a lot of time to her. Uh, meanwhile, back to South Jersey, I, I guess the two headlines that struck me the most were uh, we blew up uh, our power plant in Beasley's Point. Uh, here we have a shortage of electricity. Uh, prices are going up. We're paying three times more New Jersey than anywhere else. And we had this generator that was perfectly capable of giving us all the cheap, abundant, and clean energy we needed, and we blew it up on Friday, or yeah. rather on Thursday. Yeah. So, so why, why did we do that? Well, we did it because it was burning oil, and the, the, the environmental lobby said, oh, no, 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 we can't have oil. Uh, it's it's too, too dirty. So South Jersey Gas, and this is nine years ago, 2013, they came up with a plan to have cheap natural gas from Pennsylvania, where they had so much natural gas, they were practically giving it away. And all that South Jersey Gas wanted to do was to, to build a pipeline from uh, that Beasley's Point generator right by uh, mile thir- uh, 28 of the parkway and, and run it like uh, about uh, 20 miles to Millville. And it would have given this whole area all the natural gas we needed, not just for the power plant, but for everybody. And what what you have, you had Georgina Hanley of Ocean City, who's really a, a hardcore communist, if you actually follow what she did. Anything about America, she hates. Anything any you know, left-wing dictatorship is for, she's for it. And so they had all these protests, and uh, they, they blocked the, the natural gas from, from the pipeline from being built, and it was all based on lies. They said that the, the gas pipeline would poison the water and cause fires in the pinelands. And anyone who knows that if you have a pipeline that's buried underneath – and by the way, the pipeline would go underneath a paved road going from Marmora uh, to to Millville, you know, Route 49. Yes. So how is it possible for a pipeline under a paved road, no matter what happens, to to start forest fires in the Pinelands? They said it would poison the water. How can gas – if there's a leak, how does gas poison water? Uh, it doesn't. It was all lies. But the Facebook fact checkers said nothing. Uh, the Google fact checkers said nothing. Twitter said nothing. Had all this, you know, hate against the pipeline. The Democrats jumped on board, and the Republicans were nowhere. Republicans, I mean, the local Republicans stood up for the pipeline. But as far as uh, Chris Christie, the best Chris Christie did is he basically said, well, if South Jersey gas decides to build a, a, a duplicate headquarters that they don't need in Atlantic City to help us do this $210 million Stockton College project in Atlantic City, we'll give you the permits. So, of course, uh, Christie gave them the permits. The environmental groups filed lawsuits, 
And as soon as Murphy got in, Murphy just canceled the whole thing. So the permits are gone, so they're, they're blowing up the power plant. So, you know, it just shows you how devastating uh, this ideological warfare is uh, that Bezmenov talked about. Bezmenov said that, the, that psychological warfare is the highest form of warfare because you get your enemy to destroy himself. Uh, you don't have to fight him. Nobody has to get killed. And think about it. If we were at war with Russia and China, what would be the first thing they'd do? They'd want to send bombers to, to blow up our power plants. So what do we get with psychological warfare? We blow up our own power plants. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean ju- just think, uh, uh, when, when all those wind turbines turn out that they don't work when there's not enough wind, the wind turbines don't work in a hurricane when there's too much wind, the, the, the solar panels don't work when the sun's not shining, solar panels don't work at night. So when we find out that all these billions of dollars we're spending uh, on, the, on these, the so-called green energy will not give us the energy we need, we're going to have to rebuild that cooling tower. We're going to have to rebuild that, that Beasley's Point plant and think of how much it's going to cost. Uh, and, and by the way, that was, that was uh, the headline in yesterday's paper. So what was the headline in today's Press of Atlantic City? Steep hikes for natural gas rates launches on Saturday. So if the environmentalists did not block that pipeline, and if the Republicans had stood up and called them out when we had the chance, and if Republicans would go say uh, the Democrats are destroying our country, uh, we would have we would be swimming in natural gas, and, and there wouldn't be any rate heights, and we'd be very warm this winter. But uh, you know Republicans have got to. Grow up, and if they don't grow up, there's a way to make them grow up. Because next year, uh, all the, uh, the, the basically the whole legislature is up for election, and there are primary elections in June. And uh, if people want to change what Republicans are doing, the time to worry about June primary elections is not in June of next year, but it's right now. So uh, we'll be talking about that with uh, Liberty and Prosperity. What What else Should are you going to talk about? Uh, well, one thing about the hurricanes, uh, if you've been watching, you know, with this, uh, you know, hur- hurricane uh, that, 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 that's, you know, coming this way now, uh, I saw in the news it said, oh, uh, this is obviously caused by global warming because the hurricane was very weak when it hit Cuba. And, and then between going from Cuba to by the time it got to Fort Myers, Florida, it intensified. It got so big and so dangerous. And this never, ever happened before uh, because we now have instruments that show how, how this in- intensifying over warm water is only happening now with, with climate change. So uh, we posted on our libertyandprosperity.com site. Just go search it. It's, it just search Galveston. Because the Galveston hurricane of uh, 1900 was identical to what happened um, with uh, with this with this hurricane. Uh, I keep forgetting the name. Oh, Ian, 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 hurricane Ian. Ian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what happens is when you have a hurricane goes um, over the uh, the Caribbean, which is warm and shallow, and over the Gulf of Mexico, which is warm and shallow, it intensifies rapidly. And by the way, this also happened with Hurricane Laura in 2020. Now, now, why do we have more destruction now than we had before? 
because you didn't have all those homes in Fort Myers. It was the empty swamp. It was the empty Everglades. So the problem is that we are building more people like to live by the ocean. More people live like to live in Florida. So people are building more homes, more expensive homes, where it's very pleasant to live most of the time. But, you know, you do have these storms, so you have to uh, clean up, rebuild, uh, but it's still worth it. In the Galveston hurricane of 1900, I think 18,000 people got killed in one hurricane. Uh, But now, because of the warning, because of uh, the building codes, we don't have that kind of loss of life. But it's not global warming that's causing it. So we have that going on, and of course the uh, we have the um, our, our liberty and prosperity lawsuit. The state is very unhappy that they lost the case last month. So now they are making a motion to have the judge uh, you know, j- just uh, say, uh, "Hold your stay, your decision, delay your decision till we can take an appeal." Meanwhile, the state is not taking an appeal yet. They're dragging their feet. And so uh, Liberty and Prosperity with me as the attorney, we made a motion to force the state to start collecting the higher taxes from the casinos starting October 17th. And there's going to be a hearing on Columbus Day, October 12th, in front of Judge Blee. It'll be on Zoom. We'll be giving you the details about that. So uh, so that was uh, top of our agenda. And if I have time for just two quick things, yeah, uh, uh, do I done? Yeah, uh, yeah, you do. But I wanted to ask you, uh, the paper said October 7th was the hearing. Now, you said, yes. uh, uh, w- which date is it? it it's going to be the 12th. Okay. Uh, the, the The original motion day was October 7th. But a couple of days ago, we got notices from the judge that he, you know, it, it would be October 7th if the judge would just read the papers from both sides and make a decision. But okay. the judge says he wants the attorneys to argue the case live in person. And so he's going to do that on October 12th, okay. the following Wednesday. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in touch. Okay. Uh, the, the, the next thing is the, oh, the Atlantic County Utilities Authority. Uh, talk about you know, where this green energy takes us. Uh, you know, here in New Jersey, we don't have one trash collection. We have two trash collections. We have a regular trash collection. We have a recycling trash collection. What happens to the recycled stuff? Nobody wants to buy it. It sits in a warehouse. It ends up going to a, uh, you know, these uh, freight, freighter ships that take them to third world countries and dump them there. How is this helping the planet? But yet nobody is talking about it. Uh, the waste of the fuel, the cost. Uh, people tell me horror stories that you go to the Atlantic County Utilities Authority warehouse and you'll just see just garbage piled up, which they call recycling. And when, when they finally fill, hits the rafters, then they contract somebody to take it away, and God knows where it goes. But, but this is a type of unelected agency that, uh, that we've lost control of. And again, neither Republicans nor Democrats want to talk about dealing with this problem because uh, they're all afraid of the media and you know, this environmental lobby. But this is slowly strangling our economy. And I guess the final point is in Pleasantville – um, it has that the New Jersey Teachers uh, Union is supporting Lashur Owens, who has the p- position of coordinating the Amhatino program. And you may say, what is the Amhatino I was. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. That is short for the special state program to teach the Amistad 
Holocaust and Latino history, which is basically to teach children that everything wrong in the world is caused by white, racist, male, violent, you know, Americans. Uh, and uh, that the only way that we could possibly bring peace and harmony to the world is to put those, you know, those aggressive white Christian male heterosexual guys uh, in, uh, you know, in their place. And and it's just awful how they're brainwashing our kids. And, and of course, in Ocean City, the new, uh, what they call them, the state learning standards, we saw that with, with sexualizing the younger kids uh, in, uh, by, by teaching them like, like anal sex and all these, you know, all this explicit stuff that if a private person tried to teach this to a 10-year-old kid, you'd get locked up for it as a pervert. But, but it's right. part of the official curriculum that teachers are going to be evaluated on whether their students know this stuff when they take the standardized test. But on top of that, uh, as part of the standards, uh, the, you know, they're having like the, uh, the, the climate change. So if, if a child will say, well, the climate's always been changing for billions of years, uh, look at the Ice Age, he'll, he'll fail. He'll be marked wrong. If somebody says uh, America is a good country, uh, American Christians and whites in America ended slavery and to prove 350,000 white Americans – Fought and died to end slavery in the Civil War. No, that, no, that's wrong. So, so they're 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 teaching these lies to our kids, and they're institutionalizing the lies, so that if the kids give the truth, they're going to be marked wrong. And teachers who have too many of their kids getting the stuff wrong by telling the truth, they're going to do poorly on their evaluation. So it's a just a nightmare that we have to deal with. And I hope in the elections. Uh, we uh, next year that we're going to have Republicans who stand up for this. And if we don't have Republicans who stand up for this, we have to get more effective in different Republicans. So that's our liberty and prosperity discussion point for this week. Thank okay, you. Seth. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. Seth Grossman, Liberty and Prosperity, his website, libertyandprosperity.com. It is Talk With a Purpose, Saturdays, 9 till noon, WPG, Talk Radio 95.5. Matt, John, and Bob. In that order, and maybe you at 609-407-1450. More Talk With a Purpose after these words. And we're back here on Talk With a Purpose. 609-407-1450 is the number. We start off with our leadoff hitter in the spot where he belongs. Matt in AC. Matt, good morning. Welcome to Talk With a Purpose. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Okay. Doing well. Uh, all right, well. Today, I'm going to have to push back on you a little bit. Okay. I'm going to have to disagree on a couple things. Okay. And something Seth something just said as well, too, that I'm going to disagree with. Um, first of all, I, I don't know who these people you're with at your dinner party, whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. I would highly suggest they stop watching uh, Clinton News Network <laughs> and MSDNC. <laughs> I would highly suggest they turn that off and get the truth and put Fox on. But uh, at any rate, um, I disagree. Uh, Donald Trump will win in a landslide. A landslide. Well, the, I hope you're right. Democrats have nothing to run. The Democrats have nothing, nothing to run on. They can't. Could you imagine if Biden had to debate Trump right now? Yeah. First of all, he can't speak. He don't know where he's at. You know what day it is. You know what state he's in. He don't know anything. Did, did you hear him did call out? Did, did you hear him call out that dead person? 
Hey, hey is she here? Yes, yeah, terrible. She, 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 yeah. she died terrible, two months terrible. ago. And guess, and guess what? He gave a speech at her funeral. Oh, so he knew. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, but he didn't know because he's in La La Land. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. you don't know where this guy is, okay? But so there's that. And then you got Kamala Harris going over there and saying we have an alliance with North Korea. Fantastic. <laughs> we have Knucklehead 1 and Knucklehead 2 running yep. this country yep. right now. Or I don't think they're even running this country. Yeah. I don't know who is. But, yeah, but see, at any rate. See, Matt, here's the thing. We believe what you said. But not everybody does. And and a lot of people, I've said it before, a lot of people are dopes. They just put on CNN and they believe uh, any of the things that they say and they just go about their lives. Oh, Trump's bad. He's terrible. He bankrupted uh, Atlantic City. This one guy said he, he bankrupted a few friends of mine. So, like, what does that have to do with him being president? Nothing. So, I mean, this is what I, I, I'm trying to say we shouldn't be complacent because there's a lot of people who don't like him and there's a lot of people who are tired of Republicans and especially with this abortion issue. So that's what I'm trying to say. I, I want Trump to run and I want him to win, but – I I just don't see it happening as easily as you say or as others say. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. Well, here's what's going to happen, John. Uh, November eighth cannot get here soon enough. Yeah, that's okay? true. That's true. We're going to get the house back, no doubt about it, by okay. a lot, by forty five, forty seven seats probably. There's a real good chance we're going to get the Senate back. So that means Pelosi's gone. You'll get Mike McCarthy in there, yeah, and that and that marble mouth relic fossil, uh, 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 the, the the speaker of the Senate, McConnell, yeah, he's gone, he's gone, he'll be out, all right, and then you'll see what's going to happen. Tides are going to change a bit there politically, all in Washington because we get if we get both houses, forget about it. Trump wins by 80%. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Because they're not going to be able to... It's a landslide. I'm telling you, they have nothing wrong. What what can they say? They have done nothing but ruin this country, John. They have done nothing but ruin this country. We know that. We know that. But, but, you know, see like the gas prices. Oh, they're coming down. Oh, Biden. Biden's doing better. Biden's doing better. I mean... But he isn't doing better. Well, they're going back up again. Yeah, they're going back up, right? They're I mean, going uh, back up again. Yeah, I mean, because uh, uh, he had to cut off. He had to cut off the uh, strategic reserve. He can't take any more out. Yeah. Now they're going back up. Yeah. All well, right. It's, well, and as far as as far as what Seth said with the ACUA and the BL England plant, okay. My, I'm I'm born and raised on this island, John. I'm born and raised in Margate, New Jersey. I live in Atlantic City now. When I graduated high school, my parents went and bought a house in Beasley's Point, right down the street from BL England plant. Yeah. Do you know what my parents paid for taxes in them days? Take a guess what they paid for taxes. 500. Beasley's Point. 500. $500. Is that right? A year. Is that right? $500 a year. And I said to my mom and dad, I said, well, we were paying way more than that in Margate. 
I said, what happened? She, my dad said, well, the, the power plant picks up the taxes for their right to have that property in our, in our city here. I said, oh, my God, $500 a year. Jeez. Oh, That's man. when I was in high school. I was years ago. I don't know what it is now, but I'm just saying. They are they were a respectable company. My brother and I, we had free reign to the whole property. We knew all the supervisors over there. We used to ride our dirt bikes around, and there was a golf course there. We played golf. That, that excellent company, environmentally perfect. And as far as the ACUA, as far as what Seth was saying, I cannot tell you how great they are. They are a fantastic organization. Now, look, I do construction for a living, John. I, I sometimes I got to load my truck up with construction debris when I when I demo a place, and I go out to that dump, and it is the cleanest dump I was ever in in my life. Huh. It, well, it that's, is. That's that's it, good. I, I'm telling you, they, they do things right. And I, I, where the recycles go, I don't know, but they're doing the best they can with what they have, what they have. Well, the that's, that's good. That's I good. can't give them enough cred. Thanks for the call, Matt. Appreciate it, as always. John, Bob, we'll talk to you, and maybe we'll talk to you. We'll talk to anybody <laughs> at 609-407-1450. I'm John DeMassey. More Talk With a Purpose in just a moment. Back here on Talk With a Purpose, if you want to email me during the week, jdadv1 at comcast.net, jdadv1 at comcast.net. And also you can like us on Facebook at Talk With a Purpose. At Talk With a Purpose is our Facebook address. And by the way, speaking of emails, I got a couple of doozies this week. <laughs> I'll share them with you a little bit later on in the show. But first, uh, let's talk to John in Ocean City. John, good morning. Welcome to Talk With a Purpose. Is John there? Is <laughs> He should be, yeah. Okay. Well, put him on hold. Bob and Kate May. Bob, good morning. Welcome to Talk of the Purpose. Hey, good morning, John. Morning. Uh, you know, dodged, quite, dodged quite a bullet down there in Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had uh, oh. I had a friend of mine. He lived in Fort Myers. He lives in Fort Myers. And a big tree fell on his garage. So <laughs> uh, he's, he's in for a, a, a rude awakening when he gets home. Uh, yeah, if that hurricane would have hit another 10 miles north of wheat, we have a lot of property in, in Boca Grande, Florida, and I sent you some pictures. Uh, yeah, I if saw it would have hit another 10, We would have hit another t- If it would have hit another 10 miles north, we, we would have been like Sanibel, uh, just devastated. But, wow. Uh, look, John, w- what I want to talk about is the uh, the Republican Party and the abortion issue. Yeah. And... It's not the MAGA candidates, okay? And it's and and you know, the, it's kind of deceptive and, and not really accurate to call all these guys MAGA candidates. These are candidates that that believe in the principles that 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 Trump ran on, but also that Governor DeSantis believes in. And the rallies that you know, Trump rallies for for. For senatorial candidates like J.D. Vance and Blake Masters out in Arizona, but so does Ron DeSantis. Okay, so but the point I want to make, the key point is, it's not these MAGA candidates that are bringing up the the abortion issue in a Republican Party. It's saboteurs like 
like the absolute worst weasel in the Senate. And it's not just it's Mitch McConnell, of course, but Lindsey Graham brought up the the this this legislation to nationalize an abortion ban after 15 weeks, yes. just before a crucial election that energized the the Democrat base. And he did this purely because he is is as much a leftist as as. You know, your, your most liberal senators from New York and California, he's just as bad. He, he, he's a fake, phony fraud. That's what yes. he is. And look, it, it's, you know, this, this attorney general in Arizona, his name's Mark Bronovich. He lost to, to Blake Masters, who was the DeSantis and Trump-endorsed candidate, and who's a, a really great candidate, okay? This, this guy has, has great presence. Uh, he's great on the issues. Uh, he's not making abortion his major issue. Uh, he, but this, 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 this attorney general, who's a, a, who's a, a, a establishment Republican, this guy, and he got beat pretty badly in the primary. So this guy wants to, he brought up, he's, he's, dug out a 100-year-old law in Arizona that outlaws abortion. Okay? He, he's trying to make that an issue. Why is he doing this? If for no other reason to, to torpedo the campaigns of, of winnable races. Okay? Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, they, yeah. They, this, they're shooting themselves yeah, in the foot. And, yeah, they, they are. But, but, but this shows you how deceitful, how diabolical these establishment republicans are they don't they don't care to win they don't it, it's all about retaining power they're just as bad as the socialist democrats yeah. it, it's all about retaining power in order to enrich themselves these people are terrible they're, they're just awful yeah that, that that's true it's it's true and, and this mastriano in pennsylvania i mean he is really he's out there i mean he is really out there so i i think they're they're shooting themselves in the foot. Well, well, John, you know, I'm I'm not, and, and it's my 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 era here. I'm not that familiar with where Mastriano is on 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 issues. I mean, he's he's pretty good on a lot of issues. I don't know if he's he's actually the way these you know the Democrat socialists are painting him to be, but the alternative. Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe there are Republicans of good conscience that would 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 vote for Josh Shapiro. You know, this guy is a scumbag. Okay, he is part of the the Soros uh, yeah. DAs that wouldn't prosecute the the criminality that that is destroying cities like Philadelphia. Yes, uh, he and Fetterman are absolute disasters. So if you're if you're anywhere, if you're even a moderate Democrat, you have to be just insane to to vote for Shapiro or Fetterman. Yeah, oh, well, the Fetterman is, you know, I mean, is that's, really that's bad. Truth, John. Yeah. It's, did you it's, see you did know, you see I, Tucker when he did the uh the whole thing on Fetterman? I mean, he's never held the yeah, job. I saw that. He's never he's never held oh, the no. job. Uh, he's a trust fund baby. Yeah, he's, yes. he's 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 just a fake. He's a fake phony fraud. Yes, you know, wearing that stupid hoodie, trying to look <laughs> like a working class guy. Yeah, and and you know the 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 the, the guy's just you know he. <laughs> 
like a lot of these these Democrats, you know, they 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 don't care about the working people of this country. Yeah. I mean, what Seth said about about the the Atlantic City electric plant at Beasley's Point. I was unaware that that was that was blowing up yesterday. That is outrageous. Yeah. And I was I was I was at a, a chamber of commerce meeting with Jeff Van Drew about 9 years ago and Jeff was all for the South Jersey pipeline. And because and li- this is literally true, two trees would have been destroyed along that 20 or 30 mile route where that pipeline was going to go in two trees and for that reason these idiot crazy environmentalists killed that oh, and, boy. and you know it's phil murphy and you know what when are the people of new jersey going to wake up and realize that the democrat socialists they're not doing working people a bit of favors no. when when we have to pay so much for electricity because we destroyed a plant that would have burned clean natural gas from Pennsylvania. This is insane. Yes. This is totally insane what we're doing in this state. Bob, thanks a lot for the call. It's true. It's certainly true. Did we have John back? Try it. Try it, John. You there? Uh, yes. Can you oh, hear me? Oh yeah. Now you now you're there, John. <laughs> well, well, well. Oh, yes. Well, the unwrapped mummy uh, was looking for a dead person. Maybe one of those uh, midnight rooms he saw her. Who knows? You know. <laughs> that was that was, and then to say that he spoke at her funeral. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's scary, ain't it? Yeah, it sure is. And that's president. Um, oh, yeah. okay. That's our president. Um, actually, they caged up. Uh, the water level at Plymouth Rock in 1620, and it's the same now. But they say you cannot use that as the as a determiner on whether uh, the sea level has risen or not. But the fact remains that there's there's trillions of gallons of uh, natural gas and petrol, well, natural gas and crude off of the uh, coast of uh, Cyprus in the Eastern Mediterranean. Also, there's the the Leviathan vein off of the coast of Israel, and go all the way into the heart of Russia. They're not going to go green anytime soon. They're going to be using that natural gas. And it can be very easily converted into high octane, even more easily than crude can be. So we're, we're following that idiotic path to destruction. So that's really, that's really just makes me sick to my stomach that they blew, blew up the BL England uh, power plant yesterday. That's disgusting anyway. Um, we need to really get a handle on what's going on here because they're, they're really hoodwinking us with all this stuff. I mean, Amos Miller is actually going to face prison terms because he has 4,000 people, private membership, where he's giving them organic milk, cheese, and yogurt, and so forth, because uh, the cows, of course, they're farting and burping, and it's destroying the environment. It's causing uh, out-of-hand greenhouse gases to uh, destroy our our, our atmosphere. It's, it's insane. But uh, the fact remains is that there are 4,000 people that have private membership with him, but he's actually facing prison terms because now... They keep cows in cement uh, stalls, and they stand in their own stall, and they're being fed corn, which is not their natural diet for a cow. So they have to pump these cows up with antibiotics, which makes them sick all the time. So we're actually we're actually eating sick food, and but they but that's okay with the FDA. But if you want to grow or have cows out in the pasture eating grass, and having sunshine and that and fresh water to drink, well, that's criminal. It's just it's it's insane how things are going. But now they're going to introduce bug protein to us. And now they're they're putting out they're putting dairy farmers and cattle ranchers in a in the Netherlands out of business because they don't want them to mate their cows anymore. They want them to just die off naturally, 
because, of course, cows have been farting and, and burping for the past 10,000 years, but all of a sudden it's a climate crisis. So actually, uh, we're being lied to so unbelievably, but when do we put our foot down with all this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Thanks for letting me call uh, in. Thank, thanks a lot for the call, John. Uh, we, we've reached a new low. <laughs> burping. We discuss burping on the show. <laughs> we talk about everything here. Talk with the purposes of the show, Saturdays 9 till noon. We'll talk to Craig in Northfield, and maybe we'll talk to you after the break, 609-407-1450, 609-407-1450. More Talk with the Purpose right after these words. And we're back here on Talk with the Purpose. Just Google John DeMassey Podcasts, and all the shows will come up. So you can listen to any of the shows at any time. How convenient is that? Come on. Can we make it any more convenient for you? John DeMassey Podcasts, Google it, and they all come up. Talk with the Purpose is the show, Saturdays 9 till noon, WPG, Talk Radio 95.5. Matt and AC, Matt. Yeah, no, I had to interject with you. I hope I wasn't too forward on no, the former call. No, no, no. I, I just, you know, I'm upset about a few things. Um, but look, the Senate, we're going to get the House, but the Senate... I think Herschel Walker's going to win in Georgia. Yeah. I think J.D. Vance is going to win. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan, but I think Oz is going to beat the hoodie guy yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I do, too. That's three seats right there. I, I do, too. Okay, that's... Yeah. The, 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 I don't care what the polls say, but they're swinging anyway. Yeah. Even though they're skewed a bit, they're swinging anyway. So when that happens... And Trump can get back in there. The heads are going to roll, man. But uh, Mitch McConnell is gone. Pelosi can go back to San Francisco, San Francisco, and walk around and poop if she wants. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm telling you right now, things are going to change. Uh, you know, like I was talking to Harry, and we were talking. He said uh, off air, and he said uh, it's 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 a whole culture change is going to happen here and the american people are not stupid well i you, hope so you, you got a president so. talking about a, you got a president talking about a girl who's dead okay yeah <laughs> and you got a vice president say we have an alliance with north korea oh boy i mean come on man yeah the american people are not stupid john it's going to change we just got to so. make it I to november so. 8th i hope so i hope so matt thanks for the call yeah, well, make it till November 8th. What can I tell you? Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two, uh, let's see. What are we going to talk about here? Oh, wait, wait, do you oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about poop? <laughs> talk about poop and belching. Uh, let's, uh, um, this Biden student loan forgiveness is challenged already. So that's one thing. Uh, wait till I tell you what Joy Behar said on The View. And then they're going to remake The Wizard of Oz with a new twist. So that's uh, another thing that we'll talk about. And a couple of other things. We never know what we're going to talk about. I mean, that's for sure. I didn't know we were going to talk about belching this hour. <laughs> talk with the purposes of the show. Saturdays, 9 till noon, WPG Talk Radio hour number one in the books, hour number two on the way. Don't go away.
following program was paid for and presented by John DeMassey. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Our number two, Talk with a Purpose, Saturdays 9 till noon, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm John DeMassey. Good to have you with us. Don't forget our number three, Fighting the Opioid Addiction. We'll have Derek Hahn. He will be here, and he is a treatment advocate. And we'll talk about the continuing opioid crisis, which is getting worse. And what can I tell you? We keep presenting this program, but it keeps getting worse. Uh, (laughs) I got to thank Kevin for sending me this. (laughs) <laughs> Joy Behar is at it again. Now, you, you want to, is this ridiculous or what? She said, you know, Ron DeSantis got his. What are you talking about? He doesn't believe in climate change. And you know what? He got a hurricane. <laughs> So it's like he got the hurricane because he doesn't believe in climate change. I, I, I mean, I don't know what does what does that is, is like God sent a hurricane to Florida because Ron DeSantis doesn't believe in climate change. I, I mean, she said this in all seriousness. I mean, she was it was really. And the only reason I saw it, is Kevin sent it to me and I didn't watch. Are you kidding? I wouldn't watch The View if they paid me. That is the worst show on television, even though they have 2.3 million viewers in an average day. I just, I just don't understand it. <laughs> that, was, that was really something. I, I had to pass that along to you. Ron DeSantis, he, 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 willed, he willed the people of Florida a hurricane because he doesn't believe in climate change. Uh, the Biden student loan program, the forgiveness, is in trouble already. Um, a libertarian group called Biden's plan an overreach created by um, a press release without statutory authority. The lawsuit was filed by the Pacific Legal Foundation. Now, this is a Sacramento legal advocacy group, but they filed it in federal court in Indiana. Listen to what that state does. That state says that if you are planning to, uh, if you're going to get the student loan forgiveness, then you're going to be taxed on the money that you were forgiven. So if you were forgiven $10,000, you're going to be taxed on $10,000. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's news to me. Any student debt forgiven under Biden's plan would also be subject to state taxes in Arkansas, California, Minnesota, Mississippi, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. So if you don't pay one way, you're going to pay the other. What can I tell you? You, you pay either way. Oh, boy. John in Ocean City. John, good morning. Welcome to Talk With a Purpose. 
Ah, uh, yes. I've brought this up before, but um, I've been waiting for a bus in Summers Point a few years back. And a fellow had walked up to me and says, um, I got to ask you a question. I said, yeah, sure. Go ahead. He says, are you American Indian, Native American? I said, why do you ask? He says, you look very Native American Indian. I said, well, my granddad was half Creek Indian. And my grandma was Sicilian. So I get dark from both ends. And I asked him what he was. He said, I'm Puerto Rican. So anyway, um, when I hear that white supremacists don't have the corner market on everything, that doesn't depress me at all. You know, Albert Einstein had said that Nikola Tesla, a man of a lower middle class Serbian working class family, that, that being Slavic, that didn't depress me. It thrilled my soul, actually. Actually, um, there's a man named George Washington Carver, an African-American scientist and inventor. He had come up with 300 ways to uh, renovate soil for maximum production of fruits and vegetables. That's because cotton actually wears the soil down. So why aren't they? Do uh, you want to go ahead and uh, expose white supremacists for the lie that it is? And no, I'm not. I'm not down on anybody. I'm for everybody. I'm for the human race, absolutely. Even though most people get on my nerves a lot of the time at 60 years of age. Anyway, that's another story. But I mean, why aren't they uh, implementing those things that they came up? with? You want to research? You can research Nikola Tesla's uh, use of hydropower. We have the Mississippi River and the uh, Niagara Falls to get that done. And that's the uh, Stanley Meyer had built a, a car with an engine. Heard Nikola Tesla's design, and he drove from New York to California and back, not cream soda, on water. And also, um, two atomic American atomic scientists came up with the fusion torch, where you can break down a waste material and make it into renewable uh, energy. That would revolutionize the green energy right there, and it's the use of nuclear plasma. You just have to keep an eye on your nuclear uh, reactors, that's all. But uh, why aren't we doing these things? Because the powers that be, if they wanted us to have uh, alternative energy, we'd have it by now. It's just a shame what's going on because yeah, we're being lied to on such a high, on such a great level that we're, it's going to get to the point where we won't be able to take our country back. Thanks for letting me call in yet a second time. Thank, thank you. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks for the call. Oh boy. Well, uh, another ridiculous thing is here, and that is <clears throat> they're going to remake the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, can you imagine remaking that? I mean, I, they shouldn't even think about it, but they are going to. Uh, <laughs> this is, you can't make this stuff up. This time, the new movie will feature plenty of LGBTQ representation. Now, who will it be? Will it be the Cowardly Lion or will it be the Tin Man? I, I, I would bet on the Tin Man. Because he's the most likely candidate. Kenya Barris is directing and he says the original movie was a depiction of the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression. Now the world events of LGBTQ representation will be one of the defining factors of his remake. I can't wait. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. You really can't. But I want to get serious for a minute. I uh, want to talk about this abortion thing again. And this has to do with an extreme story in Texas. Texas new abortion law makes no exception in cases of rape. But Governor Abbott said, we are defending this stance with an assurance. Texas would get to work eliminating rapes. Now, stop and think about that. 
He's going to eliminate rapes. How's he going to do that? Okay. Well, that was last year. One year later, rape counselors are as busy as ever helping rape victims in a college town outside of Houston. Now, according to officials there, the numbers have stayed consistently high. This is according to Lindsay LeBlanc, director of the Sexual Assault Resource Center. We are struggling to keep up demand. The constant caseloads in Texas are another example of how Republicans have struggled to defend no-exception abortion bans that are unpopular in public polling and are inviting political risk heading into November. This is what I'm talking about again, political risk. So, and again, you know, Matt pushes back on me, and okay, that's his opinion, but I'm just concerned. Here we go again. That in Texas... They're they're having a record number of rapes, but the governor said, well, we're going to do our best to eliminate. How can you eliminate rapes? That's been around. Sexual uh, crimes like that have been around forever. So what makes him think that they're going to eliminate it? I, I just I don't understand this. So what did I tell you before that eliminating rapes is not really a way to think about this. And again, we're going to talk about talk about stupid. And that is what it is. Stupid. So I I don't know if this is they're going to write this ship or what. I mean, but I'm not for abortion. And 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 believe me, but the stance for not having abortion under any circumstance is wrong. It is clearly wrong. And there's so much backlash against this that I'm concerned that it's going to hurt the Republicans. That's back to what I said the last hour. And also what I wanted to talk about is this this ongoing battle against the state and the county about this pilot bill. The, the, as you heard Seth say earlier, the state has filed a motion for the stay of the judge's August 20th decision uh, that struck down the amendments to the casino payment in lieu of taxes, the pilot bill. Now, Atlantic County Superior Court Judge Michael Blee is scheduled to hear oral arguments regarding the request for a stay this week. Well, it was going to be Friday, but now it's moved up to Monday or Tuesday, whatever day that is. Blee ruled that amendments to the pilot law passed in 2021 and signed by Governor Murphy were passed on dubious grounds and violated the state constitution by favoring an industry over a public purpose. State Attorney General Matt Platkin said the state and Atlantic City will have their finances thrown into disorder and the benefits of the amendment will be lost if Blee's order is not put on hold until an appeal can be heard. In other words, we're going to lose money. What? 
the casinos are flush with capital. They are flush with cash. And for them to say we're not getting our fair shake, I mean, this is this is just ridiculous. I mean, we're going to have Denny Levinson on next week, and he will certainly have plenty to say about that. But the issue is that it's not really evident that the casinos are going to cave in. So they're going to fight this thing out. This is going to go on, and we're going to the state is not going to get their fair share. This this could go on. This could go on forever. We'll see what happens. 609-407-1450, a rare moment in our show where we don't have any any calls on the line. We have some open lines. So a good time to jump in if you want to. Feel free at 609-407-1450. Uh, I, I really want to say that it, it's it's clear that the state is out to get us. I mean, that's that's all I can say. They're favoring the casinos. They've always favored the casinos. And why should one industry be in favor of another? For that matter, we could say another industry should be favored or another one or another one. It it just goes on and on. I, I, I just don't understand this. The law is clear. It says that they may not favor one industry over another. But yet, they are clearly favoring the casinos. And they've done that for the beginning of time. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say. Except... It's it just baffles me that they're they're just favoring the casinos left and right. That's all I can say. Six zero nine four zero seven fourteen fifty is our number here. Talk of the purposes of the show Saturdays nine till noon. WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five. It's it's this this two two stories that have got me today. This abortion thing and. This state thing with the pilot bill. I I just don't know what to say, except once again, favoring the casinos all the time. I mean, what can I tell you? Okay. Hang on. I got your number three here, okay? We are uh, waiting for some calls. (laughs) Uh, 609-407-1450. Uh, let's talk to, oh, well, Craig is back. Oh, good morning, Craig. Good morning. Welcome back to Talk of the Purpose. I don't like to call twice, but I I just want to say something to you. The the public is getting the shaft on the casino bill. But whoa, 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 I'm not taking that side. Okay. I'm going to take the casino side here because, see, they're getting ripped off. You don't think so. They're flushing cash. Of course, they're supposed to be. They're running a business. Yeah. And they're running an excellent business, and despite of the way they're being treated by the government. Okay? So, here, let me just say this to you. Are the streets safe? No. Who pays for that? I just want to know. Taxpayers. Who's one of the taxpayers? We are. The casinos. Okay. And are they doing a good job? No. No. So, they're not getting their bang for the buck. Are the streets paved? No. 
Okay. Are the lights lit? No. Okay. So what are they getting? Tell me, what are they getting? Well, we can say that. You're supposed to provide them with those three things, and you're not. Yeah, but... So they have to pay for it. Wait a minute. We can say that about every taxpayer. No, 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 no. See, let's stop that, okay? Because, see... I got a budget over in Northfield for $12 million, $13 million maybe now, okay, yes, because yeah. we, we spent a little bit more money. But yeah. you got one at $200 million with 30-some thousand. So, okay, so you got a lot of tourists, and I agree with that, but they're supposed to be kept safe. Yes. They're supposed to bring their cars in, and they're not supposed to worry about the rims. <clears throat> yeah. And they're supposed to be able to see where they're going. Yeah. Okay, and you can't do that right now. No. And you know what? So in spite of themselves, okay, you've never seen more investment than you have in the last three years. You have to agree with that. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, is, let me ask you a question. Is it bringing jobs? Yes. Okay. Did everybody just get a raise in there? I want to know because housekeeping just got their yeah, work done they and that. they were making 14. They're making almost 20 now. Craig, not a bad thing, huh? You're missing the okay. point. And where does that money get spent at? No, I'm not. You're not. Yeah. Not missing your point, because see, I want to make you understand that you know. I agree that you know. I I understand the pilot bill because you know I had a business there, John. And, yeah, and, and oh, just I know you remember did. something. Yeah. And I got I got eight properties, so I'm one of these taxpayers in Atlantic County. Okay, that's picking up the tab, right? No industry. No, can, I am. I am. Be, I am because see, no, it's it's no. the county taxes get that didn't get the money, and I pay county taxes. No industry can be favored according to the state constitution, and that's what but this is no, all about. No industry. I I I agree with you, but no industry should be picked out. Okay, because see, the state made a promise with Creta that all that money would go to reinvest. Okay, to bring new things to Atlantic City. Yeah, not maintain it. Yes. yes. And that's what's going on. Yes. So you can't take take the money from the casinos to maintain it and then not ask them to, t- to for, for a little release somewhere else. They should pay their fair share per the Constitution. And that's all this is about. That's, that's, it doesn't. Well, I agree with you, John. But let me ask you a question. They're paying. But what are they getting? Well, none of us are getting our, our fair share. Not. None of us. I mean, we're all in, this, in the same boat. Don't you agree? I agree. Yes. Yes. So before, so it's like anything else, okay? You you got to correct the situation. So before you get online again, like a heart operation, let's do the surgery and clean it up so we don't have the, the, the same continual problems. Okay. Because we don't have lights. We don't have paved streets, okay? And the crime is rampant there. Yes. So the state, okay, if they're taking money from both sides, the taxes, then they're taking casino revenue, then they got to do a percentage to reboot boot up the city for, you know, for construction, stuff like that, to, to bring new things for people to visit. Guess what? They don't have that money. Yeah. And so they, they don't you think they should have that money to promote Atlantic City like Vegas does? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they should. Okay. So, well, you took that away from them. Where do they get that back? You don't want to talk about that, though. I do. Okay. Because, see, you know what? A lot of people make a, a, a handsome living from that industry. Yes. And, I, and I'm not saying that Denny's wrong, and I'm not saying the casino industry is wrong. They both have, 
you know, a great position there. But however, you just can't keep sucking out the golden goose because it's going to dry up in these casinos. Guess what? You say they're flushing cash. Guess what? There's other regions that they can reinvest their money. Do you think uh, Caesars Entertainment, which is a put, putting in a Nobu and a, and a Gordon, Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen in here, that cost a fortune. Yeah. They built a convention center over at Harris. Who else did that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because you know what? We couldn't get conventions that we needed because people were what? Scared. Yeah. Look at the walk. We have a beautiful walk that the casinos invested in, and it's not been taken care of properly. Would you agree with that? Yes, I oh, that, that definitely agree with that. Okay. Craig, as always, thanks for the call. Well, he's right in a way, but still, the Constitution says one industry should not or cannot be favored over another. That is the point, and that is what they're arguing about. Talk with the purposes of the show. Phil, Meg, and Steve will talk to you, and maybe we'll talk to you at 609-407-1450. More Talk with the Purpose after these words. And we're back here on Talk with the Purpose. You want to email me, email me during the week, jdadv one at comcast.net jdadv1 at comcast.net and also you can like us on facebook at talk with a purpose at talk with a purpose is our facebook address and of course that is the show talk with a purpose saturdays nine till noon wpg talk radio 95.5 meg and ac good morning you're on talk with a purpose Hello. I got bleeped before I even started talking. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? Good. Um, uh, Yeah. Hi. I was I was calling in regards uh, also to the abortion issue, um, having suffered that uh, horrific event myself in my youth. Um, And it's not something personally that I believe in at all. um, I'm 56 years old, and um, I don't have any children of my own um, uh-huh. due to medical But um, in regards to the um, sudden influx of numbers right. that you mentioned lately, you said? Yeah. Um, yeah. In Texas. Um, in it, Texas. It, in Texas. In Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, you know, I was listening to that, and it seems to me that uh, – I'm wondering if maybe that's because these are women that are falsely presenting um, uh, reasons for um, uh, pregnancies. Uh, or what was that, Joe? False Yeah, I, I'm sorry. The, the rape issue. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what I meant to. Repeat. Yeah. Um, false, false rapes. And that's that's really alarming to me to hear women going in. I mean, that's something I'm presuming that women who are going in saying they're raped just so they can get abortions uh, well, before the law change. Yeah, that's that's you know? that's a concern, and I don't know how we would determine that. But all mm-hmm. I, all it said was that they're they're struggling to keep up with demand in Texas. And what I said was yeah. the governor says he's going to eliminate rape. Well, how could you do that? I mean, how, how well, could you, you? You can't do that. Yeah. 
but you know um you know there the, the thing that alarmed me when, when you brought that up was that uh, two things could occur here first of all women who have been raped yeah the, the, the thing more than anything else is to, then, to hear that other women are falsely claiming rape yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's possible that, that's possible yeah yeah but and, I don't think um, I don't think that that's the majority. Um, no. But, but but thanks thanks for the call, Meg. Uh, it's possible, but you have to believe that some of that is legitimate. But all I'm saying is, this governor says he's going to eliminate rape. Nobody can eliminate that. Nobody can eliminate r- rape. I mean. <laughs> I wish they could, but I don't think they can. Steve in Absecon Island. Steve, good morning. Welcome to Talk of the Purpose. Good morning, John, and uh, welcome back to the program. Thank you. I hope, Thank you. I hope you're well. Um, I just wanted to talk about the pilot program. Now, there's always carve-outs for somebody, and yeah. I agree with you. You shouldn't have these carve-outs for any industry, but That's let right. me give you a couple I mean, and if you want to be consistent, let me give you a couple other carve-outs that I'm sure you'll agree with. How about the tax-free zones or the tax uh, reduction, the sales tax, uh, like in Pleasantville? Yeah. Sales. Yeah. Other, yep. other towns don't get that. How about the uh, – and, and that, you know, they're trying to gentrify the area, right, so yeah. that businesses come in. But, but if you're – um, an appliance store in Pleasantville, you're get you're selling it for three percent, and some somebody's in Ocean City, and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they're paying you're paying the six point six two five percent sales tax. Doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Um, how about how about how about real estate tax abatements when they build homes in Atlantic City, and and those homes don't have to pay uh, ta- real estate taxes for ten years. Yeah, yeah, that's in right. Order to sell. Um, And and don't get me wrong, John, I understand the reasoning behind it. They're trying to build up or prop up blighted areas. I get it. But I don't believe that's how you do it. I believe you have to get the people who live in those cities to clean up their own houses to ensure that there's minimal crime. Um, How about this? How about this one, uh, John? How about the um, uh, fact that Home buyers uh, get a uh, reduction in their um, federal uh, federal tax that they owe uh, with the mortgage deduction. So, so that's another. That's there's carve outs for everybody, and what everybody tries to do with these inconsistent laws is to play the game. Everybody tries to get into one or more of those collective buckets so that they don't have to pay the tax. But I submit to you, we all need to pay for police, fire, and public works. And if you have children and you have more children than, say, your neighbor down the street who's paying the same property tax, you should pay a bit more because you're using more resources. I'm a true believer of that. I don't have a way to to divvy up that money yet. Uh, I'm trying to come up with thoughts of how to mathematically make it equitable and then maybe present it to some of the uh, committee men in in the township. But you look at Egg Harbor Township real estate tax, two over 2% goes to the schools. It's 
it's a it's a nightmare and john taxation is our existential yes. threat yep no doubt about that what yep. do you, what what do you say, john well i i don't i don't really care about the carve outs i you know it it happens and i understand why they're trying to do it i mean they're trying to they're trying to prop up and they're trying to give it a jump start uh i my objection to the casinos is they made a deal with the pilot bill and then they said oh wait a minute we got we got gambling and we got internet gaming so we're making this money we don't want that to be taxed well how could you how could you tax one thing and not tax the other and that's i agree with that the only i mean the the carve outs you know in pleasantville and all, look they're trying to help a, a, a city where there's there's a lot of blight let's well, what what's your thoughts on the tax abatements isn't that the same as saying well if the pilot program is saying uh, if the casinos are saying we don't want to pay taxes on our internet gaming, but the guy down the street's building homes and he gets a ten-year tax abatement so that he could sell the home at a reasonable price, or get somebody who is going to take risk to buy the house in a blighted area yeah. that's crime infested, yeah. I, I see that as the same thing, John. You, you tax everybody at the same rate. Or you don't, well, because everybody has their hand out, and that's where it gets murky and muddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you could argue this till you're blue in the face, but the bottom line is the guy who builds a home in Atlantic City and gets a 10-year tax abatement, he's taking a risk, and in fact, he's taking a big risk in some cases. So... Is that worthy of a reward? I maybe, but the casinos. What are they risking? They're they're making money hand over fist. That that's what I see. So you don't make the deal, and then oh well, wait a minute. Uh, that that's well, we're going to pay too much. Can we get a break on that? Oh, okay. Bob, Linda, Bill. In that order, coming up uh, after the break, it's Talk With a Purpose, Saturdays 9 till noon, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm John DeMassey. More Talk With a Purpose right after these words. And we're back here on Talk With a Purpose, 609-407-1450. 609-407-1450. We've had a colorful show today. <laughs> oh, we've had everything here. <laughs> See what you missed when I wasn't around? I mean, look, does Harry go through this? <laughs> oh, Bob and Kate May, welcome back, Bob. Good morning. Hey, good morning, John. Look, our favorite politician, the Cape May Orca, Chris Christie, when we were all in love with him about 10 years ago, you know, he said famously, and this is a great, great campaign slogan, he said, government shouldn't be picking winners and losers. Uh, but then then he went on, and he did pick winners and losers, okay? And, you know, 
again, Christie's point was you shouldn't favor one industry over another. Yes, yes. I'll give you a prime example over government picking winners and losers. In New Jersey, we have an incredibly strong, powerful real estate lobby. And I give all the credit to real estate agents. We have a very, very weak, there is no hotel, motel, bed and breakfast lobby. No. Zero. We're nothing politically. No. Okay? So uh, this is what is going on in my situation, John. I've got a beachfront motel. I've had it for 44 years. Okay? We do a good job. Made a nice living there. But I'll tell you what I'm running, what is I'm going against. Right in back of me, there's like a 15-room whole house rental. They rent weekly. I rent daily and weekly, but essentially we do the same thing. We rent rooms out. The guy in back of me with the whole house rental, he pays zero tax on his revenue. There is no sales tax. There is no room tax. I pay nearly 15% on the product that I sell. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I have to pay my, my guests, my guests, you know, Pay, they pay sales tax, 6.25%, right? And they pay an 8% room tax, 14.625%. The guy in back of me, his guests pay zero. So I'm at an almost 15% competitive disadvantage, all right? So, again, you know, why is government imposing that on me? Because you've got politicians that are that are afraid of the real estate lobby. And, you know, in New Jersey, in the New Jersey beach towns, most of your rental inventory is whole house rentals. All yes. that is going untaxed. Now, yes. I'm all for lower taxes, all right? But everybody, all these taxes should be lower. It's the hotels and motels that are getting clobbered. Totally clobbered. Oh, so you're 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 paying the tax because you're a motel. Correct. And yeah, he's the, the, and the, he's the, not he's not a motel. He's a house. Correct. He's a whole house. Oh, in, in, oh, I see. Okay, so oh, so and 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 you know, Cape May, the majority of our rental inventory is whole house rentals. And that is right. the case and, along the shore. I mean, all the shores. And that's the case. Yeah. In, in Cape May, we have the ratio is higher. We have more motel rooms and B&Bs than most shore towns do. In towns like Avalon and Stone Harbor, and you just go up the coast. The o- Ocean big, City. Ocean the, City. You have the vast, yeah. the vast majority is whole house rentals. Which go untaxed. Go untaxed completely. And, and you know... <laughs> We, we lobbied for this. You know, I tried, we tried to, Brett Schundler would have taken that. We would have had the room tax eliminated in New Jersey after McGreevy instituted it. Yeah. And Brett would have eliminated that, but Brett lost. Uh, Christie, we tried to get him to, uh, to listen to us. Never did. Never did. Didn't do a thing. But, but again, that, that's, but it's just an example of, again, government picking winners and losers. Very, I shouldn't have to be dealing with a government-imposed competitive disadvantage. Yes, that shouldn't be. Yes, okay, I, I agree. So, that, that, that I agree with. Right, yeah, all right. Thanks for the call, yeah. Bob. Well, there's there's an example of an industry. The, the they tax the motels and the hotels, 
but they don't tax the individual units. So a house, if you rent a house, it doesn't get taxed. But if you rent a motel, it gets taxed. Oh, boy. So there, there again, they're favoring an industry. I, I, don't, I don't know how that goes by the wayside. Maybe somebody ought to do something about that. Linda and Absekin. Linda, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, hi, John. Hi. You having dinner with the other night that you couldn't talk politics except but listen. Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. It's a, it's a large... Democrats? Uh, well, uh, one was an independent, uh-huh. one was a libertarian, uh-huh. one was... Yeah, but, I mean, it was the, oh, the, yeah. com- the comments were... Oh, I would never vote for him, and he he's bad, and mm. he's you know it's just the more of the same, you know, more of the same. So I I didn't say anything because I didn't want to get into it, but mm-hmm. I just listened and and I got out of there when okay. it was over. <laughs> just looking for a little spine, just looking for a little spine there, John. Yeah. So um, so so his bankruptcies now. Let me see if I have this right. Do you know how many bankruptcies this fabulous Trump organization has had since it was formed? Uh, no, I don't. How many? Uh, four. Four. Okay. Do you know how many? Do you know many? Do you know how the, the business enterprises they were involved in? Taking it's you, just phenomenal. Five hundred. Yeah. Wow. So for people to even mention one bad, to to to, to I heard financial experts refer to it this way. That uh, I mean, it's it's not even worth talking about. With what this company has managed, the bank, his, those particular bankruptcies aren't even worth mentioning. Sure, it's, it's sad, it's a terrible thing, but out, out, out of all these companies and this fabulous organization that he's ahead of right now, I mean, it started probably with Dad, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. But, um, but out of four bankruptcies, and which are legal, by the way, in case in case any of your people in the room didn't realize that, but I'm sure they did. They're probably businessmen. Three of them were casinos. Yeah, yeah. And he went <clears throat> bankrupt on casinos at the right time. Yes. In fact, he was probably amongst the smartest. Yeah. So we have out of all these 500 companies. Through four bankruptcies, three were casinos, which was the prudent thing to do at the time. It hurt some people very sad. And the, 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 the remaining one was an, uh, something to do with uh, the entertainment industry. Yeah. So, But for the big deals, it looks like he managed the big deals really, really well. Not to say the casinos weren't the big deals, but of course... I, I, there, there's more to be discussed about that. But just let me jump over to uh, Craig Abbott. Okay. So, so your, your, your friends who are speaking that, you know, oh, you know, we, we, we just, Abbott's unacceptable. So what did Abbott say about abortion? What, he, he, what, said, what position? he said that he would eliminate rape so that there would be no need for an exception for abortion. But how could you? How, well, could you... He, how, how about how about he said this? It doesn't force victims of rape to give birth. Okay. How about he said that? Yeah. He okay. did. Yeah. Okay. But and uh, when he's challenged, he says um, uh, whether uh, how, how was how was let me see how it would be put to him. 
whether he would force rape victims to give birth, I guess. And so he says it doesn't require that at all. (laughs) So, you know, maybe we ought to learn a little more about what it does require and before we start uh, throwing Trump under the bus and uh, abortion as a holy right when it's a holy wrong. Well, if if it's if it's a case of rape, then I can see where they would it would be necessary in some cases. But uh, he said it does. He, he says it, uh, he, it. His law doesn't force victims of rape to give birth. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's an issue that I just feel that there there the issue of this abortion. It's like if one guy is for it, one Republican is for it, or one one is against it, then they're going to say everybody is against it, and we don't want to vote for Republicans. That's, that's all I'm saying. So now, <clears throat> so now we have the, these children who who are, and maybe even many of them, because this is when they come out. You know, you see, and it looks like we have a lot of college students out there. My body, my choice. Yeah, I, and some of them that I've seen is, oh no, I'll have a hundred. They were asked, would you have an abortion again? I'd have a hundred of them. Jesus, you know, and and no. then it. <laughs> so, that's so I mean, what kind? Yeah. I'm. It is ridiculous. Yeah. So, thanks for letting me get okay. all that in. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for the call, Linda. It's Talk for the Purpose, Saturdays 9 till noon, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Coming up at 11, Fighting the Opioid Addiction. Our guest will be Derek Hahn. He is a treatment liaison and treatment advocate with Recovery Centers of America. That's coming up at 11 o'clock. In the meantime, we've got uh, Bill and Barnegat, and maybe we'll talk to you before that. 609-407-1450. More Talk with a Purpose after these words. Back here on Talk with a Purpose, 609-407-1450. We'll try to get all the calls in before 11 o'clock. Bill is in Barnegat. Bill, good morning. Welcome to Talk with a Purpose. Good morning, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling, Bill. I'd like to comment, um, first of all, on the uh, previous caller that mentioned about Nicholas Tessa. I know when we were growing up that he was not even a thought on the bubble that uh, Edison was the genius, the Wizard of Wall Street. Well, it turns out that Edison exploited the poor immigrant to the maximum and, and stole most of his ideas. And 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 the fact that the, the media, unfortunately, has yet to unveil the, the whole ridiculous notion that everybody has to go to one form of energy, which is electricity. Even Einstein and Edison knew that you can't convert one form of energy to another without a loss. If you could, you'd have perpetual motion. So what's the point of burning gas to create electricity and then taking that electricity and taking it back to, you know, uh, an automobile? It's, It's ludicrous. Plus, materials that go to make the electric car are more dangerous, harder to recycle, and harder to get than just have cars that run on natural gas or propane and make the transition for alternative energy that is maybe not renewable, but more plentiful and more friendlier to the environment. Second of all, all the stuff that we get now is made to become obsolete. You buy something, it's either obsolete because it falls apart 
obsolete because you don't get the software to do, keep it going. Yeah. That is totally wasteful. Where's it go? Because yeah. the e-waste tell. There's, there's all kinds of websites and, 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 and they just don't realize what, I mean, I have radios, honestly, from 90, I'm 70 years old. My radio my mom had, 1938 Philco. It still works. Jeez. But nevertheless, the, um, the second thing is about Donald Trump. Um, I understand that, you know, it, it's unfortunate that, that you work in the industry that is involved in the total manipulation and control of us, the, the, the viewer and the people. And, yes. And so long as we're divided, we, you know, the house divided cannot stand. And, and, it's, and even Barbara Walters knew that controversy makes good television and good radio shows. And so is yours, by the yeah, way. thank you. So thank you. But um, unfortunately, I, I couldn't vote for Trump again because he's just too toxic. And, and, and no matter what he does, or it, 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 it's relentless. And Lindsey Graham coming out at the time he did just proves to me that the Republicans, they're either out of touch or don't care, or maybe part of the problem. I don't know. Bill, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it. Coming up against the clock. Try to get Steve in here. Steve in Absecon Island. Good morning, Steve. You're on Talk of the Purpose. China. China. Yeah, thank you. I, I had a call back real quick just to push back just slightly what you said. You said at the end about um, the abatements and the pilot program that it's about risk and money made and how much money people are investing. I still believe it needs to be consistent. Either, either we have laws that affect everybody or we have laws that don't. And and the gentleman that has that uh, motel or yeah. hotel down in Cape May, that, that's, that's another example of yeah. a carve-out. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, I, I look, you are we capitalistic or are we a socialistic society? Do you yeah. believe in central planning or do you believe in private planning? Do, do you want somebody to, do you want the government to tell you what to produce, how much to produce, where to produce it, and how to distribute it? Or do you want private equity companies doing that? It, it's not the government's money, John. We need the, sure, certainly, we need to collectively put, put money in together to pay for police, fire, public works, you know, perhaps roads. But after that, I, I can't think of, of, of why we're doing what we do. We, we need to control how government is redistributing our wealth. And and he's up against it, the gentleman down in Cape May. To yeah, try he to is. That tax. Yeah, he is. Because that, I don't, I don't, I mean, lobbies and motels. I mean, the game the play would be convert the motel to a uh, uh, hundred different private yes. uh, rooms. Yes. Don't pay the, yeah. right? Yeah, that, and, that, that would be, that's a thought. But then again, I mean, he, he he might not be able to do that, you know. But no, you're right, Steve. You're you're right. Thanks for the call, Steve. We're up against the clock. Sorry about that. Uh, you're right. I mean, there's these situations, and again, it, it points out that one industry is favored versus another, and the casinos got all I'm saying. Talk with the purposes of the show. Saturdays, 9 till noon, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Derek Hahn coming up at 11 o'clock with our Fighting the Opioid Addiction series. Recovery Centers of America, our partners in the series. We uh, invite you to uh, stick around for that. Don't go away. 
following program is paid for and presented by John DeMassey. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Hour number three, Talk with a Purpose, every Saturday, 9 till noon, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. You know, when we started this program, this, this particular segment, and I guess it was six or seven years ago, I figured we'd do it for a little while and then the crisis would be over and... Then we'd all go home and mission accomplished. But here we are six years later and we're still doing it because it's still a problem. And what can I tell you? We'll just keep doing it until we solve it. He is the patient liaison and treatment advocate for Recovery Centers of America. His name is Derek Hahn and we welcome him to the show. Derek, good morning. Welcome to Talk With a Purpose. Good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Derek. And uh, I want you to start off by, I mean, do you have any numbers on, on the opioid crisis? And is it is it really going up? Is it not in going in the other direction or what? No, it is continuing to rise. You know, we're losing... Um, I think the data two years ago was over 100,000 lives to opiate overdoses, and that number continues to go up 10 to 20%, depending on what data you're looking at. And now with the synthetic fentanyl that is essentially being, you know, used uh, sometimes, you know, uh, in heroin or other substances, uh, even other drugs such as being laced in cocaine, something as simple as marijuana on the streets, uh, or simply being abused uh, as a highly addictive substance itself, we're continuing to see that number continue to increase. So it just becomes it's becoming more and more of a, of a scary reality. And uh, as you know, John, addiction does not discriminate. No, it doesn't. Uh, by social class, uh, by gender or race, this is this is truly a war um, that our country really needs to continue, continue, continue to put more resources in and do what we need to do to, to help each other. You mentioned fentanyl. Uh, that's a really mm-hmm. scary, because, I, I mean, I only know what I hear. That was the, the drug that Prince overdosed on, right? I mean, so that's really a scary drug. Correct. Well, yeah, and it's extremely addictive. Uh, it's extremely potent. Uh, it only takes a very, very small amount be lethal and uh it can also be um absorbed through your skin so you could even accidentally touch something that might have fentanyl on it uh and it's it's being put you know on the street illegally into other substances as well um so it's a very scary reality that we're living in um and you know i kind of express express that concern when i'm speaking with loved ones uh that might have somebody struggling with a different substance uh, sometimes, you know, just last night I was speaking with an individual uh, whose spouse was struggling at, with prescription drugs. And I said, well, my scariest concern is if she doesn't get those substances from a doctor and she results, uh, resorts to go into the street to find that substance, we have no idea what she's getting her hands on. Um, and, you know, one and, and one more time could be the last time. And that's when we got to really... 
express the sense of urgency uh, and get, you know, people in place to, to get that individual to help immediately. Can you explain, you are a patient liaison and treatment advocate. Can you explain what that position entails? Yeah. So, so essentially my title is treatment advocate. I've kind of taken on the role as well as a patient liaison where, uh, in a nutshell, my job is to be the connector between individuals struggling with substance use and organizations that may come in contact with those individuals struggling with substance use and other resources that is viable to help find them that recovery they're seeking. You know, a lot of individuals and providers come in and are underwear uh, Recovery Centers of America as an organization and really the extent we're willing to go to help uh, that individual struggling or help that facility organization, whether it be a doctor's office, a hospital ER, uh, you know, a community organization that might come in contact with somebody struggling, the extent we'll go as a company to help that person find recovery. Yeah, and I know I know for a fact that you do this because I had a friend, and he since has passed away, mm-hmm. but uh, the, he called there, and he had an alcohol problem, and uh, he didn't have the insurance, but they referred him right away to another facility, which he didn't go, and, of course, the rest is history, you know. But uh, do you often or, or how often do you refer people to other facilities? Yeah, uh- I, I refer individuals to other facilities on a weekly basis. Recovery Centers of America's mission statement is simply to save one million lives from addiction. That's it. That's our mission statement. And we will not stop with helping that individual find recovery at Recovery Centers of America. You know, John, I'm in constant communication with other recovery organizations uh, and other outlets to ensure we find the best fit for any individual who's seeking recovery. Uh, in fact, I'd say probably 25% of my time in my role is spent building bonds and relationships with other providers uh, outside of Recovery Centers of America to ensure that if somebody reaches out to me uh, and Recovery Centers of America is not the best fit for that person, uh, that I can still work with that individual and walk them through that process until they have their foot in a facility seeking help. Okay, so that happens about 25% of the time. Would you say that 75% of the time you treat the patients at our at Recovery Centers of America? Is, is that right? Is, is that a, a yeah, fair? So about 25% of my, my role or my job is spent working with other facilities. Uh, I would say about, about 70, 30% of the time we're, we're going to find, you know, we'll, we'll get that facet individual into Recovery Centers of America. Uh, but, but what's important to understand also is that we don't stop servicing and helping that individual uh, until they get help or until they get the help they, they, they seek. Okay. It's Talk With a Purpose, Saturdays 9 till noon, WPG, Talk Radio 95.5. Derek Hahn is our guest. Derek is with Recovery Centers of America, and he is a patient liaison and treatment advocate. And uh, he's here with us, and we're taking your calls at 609-407-1450. Derek, uh, I, I think this is a difficult question. Is it really hard to get people to admit they are addicted and, and and if that's the case what do you find is the most effective way to get them into treatment you know john that's a great question uh i think when somebody says the words i am addicted or i'm an addict it's kind of like the analogy of the toothpaste coming out of the toothpaste tube once it's out you can't put it back in yeah uh personally 
I think the best way to really approach a situation where you feel a loved one you care about is suffering from substance use addiction is to get them to meet you and admit there is a problem. You know, talk about the circumstances and how that drink or drug is hampering them from living life properly. Now, healthy people change their behaviors to meet their goals. Unhealthy people change their goals to meet their behaviors. Uh, once we get someone who has a substance use disorder concern to admit that their behaviors and or actions are not okay on their terms, uh, and they're not meeting their commitments and living that life that they ultimately desire to live, we can begin the process of exploring the best option for them. I, you know, factors play into that, you know, that, that, that next step. Uh, how often or how much of a substance is being used uh, will often determine the level of care that, that, that we would consider necessary uh, for their best chance at sobriety and recovery. You've often said, trust the higher power. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I believe uh, the higher power that, first off, you're not God, right? Uh, and that there is a God who's in control. Uh, putting your trust in a higher power who, for me, is Jesus Christ, tells me that there is someone else, he is in control, and if I follow the plan, good things will happen. Ultimately, the plan is his will, not my will. Uh, and I think it's important to remember surrendering to a higher power takes a lot of courage of an individual. And quite frankly, when else can you win a battle by surrendering other than substance use addiction? You know, it's a beautiful paradox. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and it's kind of taking a step away because I, I think a lot of a lot of individuals who struggle with addiction struggle with control and having control. And to be able to release that control to the higher power kind of allows you you know, that freedom uh, um, to start seeking sobriety and recovery. There's a lot of spiritual things that happen at, at Recovery Centers of America, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, I, I would say, uh, services and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, do you recommend that, or, or why is that uh, the case at Recovery Centers of America? You know, I, I think uh, a lot of the foundational success that we find in addiction uh, comes from a higher power and a spiritual awakening, whether you look at the, um, you know, Bill W. and AA, Alton Nominus, uh, and other organizations. Uh, what we do at Recovery Centers of America is we offer options to the individual. Uh, there's, you know, every case of addiction and every person struggling is different. There's no such thing as a one shoe fits all analogy. Uh, uh, substance use addiction is a progressive brain disease. And when we deal with the brain, uh, every situation is unique. And so we allow that individual to have options, whether it be um, something like Alcoholics Anonymous, something of a spiritual path, a Christian path that we have, uh, we have called the, the freedom neighborhood. Uh, we are also you know, cognitive of individuals who struggle both with substance use and mental health concerns. And we have special tracks and trained individuals to help with that. Uh, we have other processes that may not be considered spiritual. Um, you know, a counterpart to AA is smart recovery. Uh, we offer other options like Dharma. What we do is we listen to the individual. We try to treat both the addiction and the individual, and we offer them healthy options to, uh, to ensure the best possibility at long-term recovery. Does the uh, spiritual side of it 
because a lot of people enter into this and they're not spiritual. And I mm-hmm. guess they, they become spiritual afterwards. Does it, does it work in general? Uh, well, I'm, I, if I can be candid, I'm living proof of that. You know, I, uh, in my own battles with addiction, uh, I was not a spiritual individual. Uh, and it took that awakening, I guess you could say, to define three plus years currently of recovery. And, uh, you know, a couple of things about that is not only the spiritual awakening, but the 12th step of helping another individual. And that's really what keeps us sober as well in many cases. So you are in recovery. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a certified recovery specialist. Uh, I'm also a certified family recovery specialist. Um, and, you know, this is what gets me out of bed every day. This, Yes, this is a job. Yes, this is a career. But most importantly, what I do every day is a calling. Uh, it's it's really, you know, I was at a moment in my life three and a half years ago uh, where I lost all purpose, direction, and passion in life. And uh, finding recovery uh, and, and finding that opportunity at the gift of sobriety really is what keeps me going, keeps me motivated, and really is my purpose in life today. So it, it does work, as, you can, well, as I, you can attest. I, I can personally attest in my circumstance when you surrender all, and that, that is absolutely addiction recovery is possible. Can you tell me one or two or three, I mean, you can tell me whatever you want, where, where, you, where you never thought that this person sitting in front of you would get the treatment, but they finally did. In other words, a difficult and a really difficult case. Yeah, absolutely, John. You know, I think it's important to remind ourselves that every day that an addict doesn't drink or drug is an absolute miracle in itself. Uh, I have a good buddy of mine who I've made friends with uh, in the apartment complex I live, who celebrates his first his first year of sobriety. Uh, so, Kevin, congrats if you're listening. Uh, and, you know, I kind of, we help each other out. Um, and he constantly reminds me every morning, you know, it's, it's a miracle today that, you know, we have another day. But what comes to mind is a gentleman named Glenn. Uh, prior to having the privilege of coming on board with, with Recovery Centers of America, I spent about two years uh, with a nonprofit organization out in Lancaster County that assisted men through a 10-month-long residential program uh, that really helped men who both suffer from addiction and other life-controlling issues and kind of getting regrounded, re-establishing a, reestablishing a strong foundation, you know, to overcome those barriers and challenges. And this gentleman, Glenn, uh, actually came to us in Lancaster County, PA, from Indiana, and uh, and he was a very angry individual. And quite frankly, John, he had every right to be angry. Uh, he grew up with a, an abusive father. Uh, he grew up without a mother. Um, and so that broken home really left him with a lot of pain and unaddressed trauma in his life. And no matter how I tried to approach Glenn for the first six months or so, uh, he just would look at me like I was the dumbest person he ever met. <laughs> and I wanted to rip my head off. Uh, you know, there was days... I, I kind of wanted to avoid Glenn because of how mean he could be. But in the end, it was really because Glenn was really hurting inside and, and he was drinking. That was his drug of choice to, to mask and numb that pain. It was, frankly, his anger towards others was a defense mechanism and a fear from some unaddressed issues. Um, and I even remember 
a pastor called me as Glenn was approaching the graduation of a 10-month program. The pastor had volunteered to teach a night class there uh, about eight months prior. So he met Glenn when he first arrived, and he said, did I hear right that Glenn is graduating your program? <laughs> is that the same Glenn? I said, that is the same Glenn. And today, Glenn has about 18 months of sobriety, and uh, he comes up to me regularly when I see him, and he, and he just says, comes up and he just says, thank you, thank you. And it, it kind of makes me uncomfortable, John, uh, because I didn't do anything. You know, I was just there uh, to kind of help another guy struggling. I'm a couple steps further down the road than he is, and he put all that work in. But sometimes we just need to give individuals opportunities to get healthy. And uh, sometimes individuals, that's all they're seeking. You know, that's why we don't stop with Recovery Centers of America when they call us and seek help. Because we realize too often that individual might hear no from somebody else and, and they give up. And uh, that's the last thing we want is someone to give up on, on trying to find that same gift that individuals like myself have been given. You know, I disagree with you. You did something. You did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, give yourself some credit. But uh, we're coming up on a break, Derek. We're going to get back to you in just a moment. Yep. Talk with the purposes of the show, 609-407-1450. If you have some questions for Derek, 609-407-1450. It is Talk with a Purpose. Our guest, Derek Hahn, he is the patient liaison and treatment advocate for Recovery Centers of America. Again, 609-407-1450. Back with more Talk with a Purpose in just a moment. We are back here on Recovery Centers of America's hour-long interview with Derek Hahn. Fighting the Opioid Addiction Series is our series of events here on the show. Recovery Centers of America, 1-800-RECOVERY. That's the number. 24-7 hotline, 1-800-RECOVERY. 1-800-RECOVERY. Write that down. You will never know when you're going to need it. But it is worth writing it down because you never know. Like I said, 1-800-RECOVERY, 1-800-RECOVERY for Recovery Centers of America. Derek Hahn is our guest. He is the patient liaison and treatment advocate for RCA. And we're talking to him now about a variety of things. You know, your, uh, your situation with Glenn reminds me of a story. And I don't know whether you heard this or not. But your founder, Brian O'Neill, he did a, uh, an intervention, and it took him eight mm-hmm. days. Did you hear that story? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's, he's a he's legend as far as that's concerned. But that goes to show you the kind of determination that you have at Recovery Centers of America. So uh, you want to talk about that, the determination that you have? Yeah, so I, I think uh, it's, it's great you mentioned Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill is our founder and our, and our CEO. And the way Brian O'Neill got into the addiction recovery field was essentially by accident. You know, he had an individual he he knew uh, uh, who was struggling, and he didn't know he was struggling. He um, was a client of his, and Brian put in the legwork to, to figure out what to do. Uh, you know, he saw a problem, and as Brian is, he, he solves problems. And Brian ultimately got this individual help, and it was a long process. And the result of it was other people started coming to Brian seeking help. And Brian started started connecting with a interventionist in the Philadelphia area, uh, 
and Jay Utes. And he was kind of like this connector, you know, between loved ones who had someone struggling and and bringing them to Jay and, and helping co-facilitate intervention, interventions. Uh, but really quickly, uh, Brian discovered a lot of the issues that unfortunately we're still seeing today. You finally get that person, sometimes eight days later, sometimes 20 years later, John, yeah. uh, where you're still yeah. working. And you get them to say yes. Yeah. And that bed that Brian was counting on before he found at Recovery Centers of America, that bed he was counting on at that facility is no longer available. So now what do you do? Right? You finally got this guy to say, yes, let's get help. And sadly but true, when someone has that courage, because that's what it is, it's courage to put their hand up and say, yes, let's get that help. Uh, you don't have a lot of time in most cases. Sometimes it's, it's an hour or two. Um, and Jay and, uh, and Brian really saw that, you know, there's a lot of challenges in the field between bed availability. You know, sometimes detox needs. You know, we offer a 3.7 medical detox at our facilities. Uh, sometimes individuals struggling have to go to an emergency room. And, then, you know, they're, they're great facilities. They're doing what they can. But unfortunately, you know, there's times where somebody's struggling with addiction and going through withdrawal and needing a detox can wait four, six plus hours at an emergency room to get that help. And Brian and Jay saw that firsthand. Or they get that individual to that facility prior to starting Recovery Centers of America, and the conditions and the quality of the facility is not somewhere that you feel good about leaving somebody at. And so one day, Brian and Jay were at an emergency room, and they were hoping and waiting to get an individual who was very uncomfortable uh, that finally said, yes, let's get help. And uh, they were waiting several hours, and Jay looked at Brian and said, Hey, Brian, wouldn't it be nice if we had a place that we felt good about taking these individuals to get help, uh, that they could help in a timely fashion, that, that, you know, not only would the individual feel comfortable staying at, but the loved one would feel comfortable about. And Brian said, that's it. You know, we're going to start Recovery Centers of America. And that was in 2008 when Brian made that decision. And uh, it took him seven years. You know, this is not something that was quickly put together we really he really took the time and the love and the care to put together a plan and we opened our first facility in May's landing in 2015 and now how many um, how many do you have now how many do you have yeah eight facilities in six states and what's really cool uh john about our facilities is they're approximately most of them are approximately six hours away from the next closed facility because we provide complementary transportation uh, usually about three hours from each other. Uh, so we'll pick up a patient or individual struggling at no cost within three hours of our facility. And when we pick them up, it is a typically going to be a black car service. It's not going to be lettered with Recovery Centers of America, uh, so you don't have to worry about your neighbors wondering about you. Uh, I joke. I say, you know, a lot of times this individual getting picked up to go get healthy, their neighbors probably think they're going on a trip to Cancun. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, in a black car. But that shows you the extent yeah. of of respect we have for that individual struggle. Yeah. You know? it's, 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 uh, uh, we'll come pick you up. We understand transportation is a barrier. Or quite frankly, John, somebody who needs to get help with substance use, even if they do have their own transportation, we don't want them driving, right? Um, and to use black car quality services when, when possible, uh, we have fleet of vehicles uh, to show that respect. And, you know, I think it's important also to mention that that our 24-7-1-800 recovery is the number. That is, that is manned by trained individuals 
who spend three weeks in training before they even see a telephone. Yeah. Uh, to take those calls. It's not It's not like a, a call number where they call you back. No, it's 24-7 trained individuals ready to take that call, whether it's a crisis-level call, they are trained and ready to go, uh, whether it's a detox or inpatient or someone seeking a, you know, a lower level of care. Uh, I have the utmost respect for what we call the mission center and those individuals that do that job because, quite frankly, John, that is a, that's a job that I don't, I don't know if I could do on yeah, a daily basis. I, 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 really, I got to say that. Yeah, uh, we had the uh, gentleman was on a couple of weeks ago, who is in, is in, involved in the in the call center, and I I couldn't do the job either. No, I I couldn't. You know, and I talk for a living. I mean, <laughs> so I couldn't <laughs> I I couldn't do that. I mean, uh, you know, it just takes a special person. But uh, yeah, it, talk talk about. Uh, why your position is so important to the uh, overall treatment uh, program at RCA? You know, I think the treatment advocate role is essential to Recovery Centers of America because we do the in-between work of connecting those struggling with the resources necessary to find recovery. Uh, you know, we go out in the, in the field. Uh, we go out on the streets, you know, and we make sure that our services are made aware to anybody possible that, that, that is struggling and sad, but true, John, you know, addiction is affecting everybody's families today. I don't think there's a single person that you could ask and say, Hey, are you, do you, do you know somebody who has struggled with uh, drugs or alcohol? And they could say no today. Um, you know, we were talking earlier in 2021, we had over a hundred thousand individuals pass away from opioids, wow. uh, overdoses. Wow. Uh, and what's, you know, <clears throat> thank goodness that drugs like Narcan uh, are available to help, you know, stop an overdose. But it, the number of individuals that have overdosed and survived, thank God they have, um, we don't know. You know, those numbers are even a, more alarmingly high. Uh, and it's something that, you know, we were talking earlier off the air, you know, it's, it's a we never know if somebody's struggling their, their, their next breath could easily be their next breath. And that's why it's so important that we make sure our services and you know, my role of working with patients, working with family members, working with organizations that come in contact with those individuals, um, you know, working with them to know I'm here 24 seven myself. I'm here seven days a week. My cell phone does not turn off for this cause uh, as well as our one hundred recovery number that Brian O'Neill and our senior leadership saw as a necessary uh, thing to make sure we were available because people struggle 24 seven. They don't yeah, struggle Monday through true. Friday, nine to five. That's and right. There. What all is so important. And, you know, to make sure everybody knows and, and things, individuals like you, John, I thank you so much for having me on the air. Uh, so to reach as many years as possible, just to know we are here and we want to help. It's never a burden. It's never an inconvenience. Like uh, it's like a silent thing almost where, somebody could be struggling and you don't know it because how do you know unless you know somebody's drunk in front of you i mean but that doesn't usually happen so it's it's like it goes unnoticed as far as that's concerned right well yeah you know uh there's a couple of reasons why uh there's a lot of stigma behind addiction right and we got to break that stigma down uh like i said earlier Substance use disorder and addiction is a progressive brain disease. And uh, there's a lot of stigma with 
with brain disease and mental health as well. We got to keep breaking down those stigmas of mental health. Uh, you know, it is, it is a disease. And, you know, if you had diabetes, would you go to your doctor? Would you tell somebody close to you if you need the help? Absolutely. Yeah, sure you would. And it's like, just like diabetes, this is an illness. This is, this is a disease. And, you know, the best thing we can do is, is treat it and address it. You know, burying the disease is the last thing that you want to do. We, that uh, is, that's the first thing we, there's a lot of shame. Yeah. There shouldn't be. Yeah. We have uh, someone who wants to talk to you. John is in Ocean City. Absolutely. John, you're on the line with Derek Hahn from Recovery Centers of America. Yeah, I can't disguise it with a trip to Cancun, so I must just come out. Well, I'm seven years sober from alcohol. But uh, I, you know, my gateway drug to uh, another drug was alcohol. But anyway, I'm asking, I can't, uh, I have too many disabilities. I can't, like, go to some place and go to, a, like, a 30-day recovery program. But do you have outpatient right here in Ocean City that I can get a, I can get actually motive care or I can get actually access link to get me there. Um, I was right here in town. Can you help me out with that? Thanks. I'll get off the phone and listen to your answer. Yeah, John, first off, congratulations on seven years in sobriety. That is incredible. And that is something that we need to recognize every, every day. Uh, and secondly, John, yeah, we absolutely offer outpatient services uh, in the Southern New Jersey area. Uh, not only do we offer it in person at our Maze Landing location, but we also have other uh, outpatient facilities throughout New Jersey. We also offer uh, in person and virtually. So if something like transportation or mobility is a concern, um, we can absolutely offer that as an option as a virtual level of help. And if I can be candid, it's pretty cool the setup we have. Uh, we have the, the Zoom out speaker camera for individuals who opt for that virtual uh, method of outpatient services. So the camera actually will move in a semicircle room of individuals participating. So when you're in group counseling, it's almost like you're there. So, uh, so something that we he could he could have this in his house, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of individuals opt for that. You know, whether it be a transportation barrier, a mobility barrier, or or a life barrier, you know. Um, and so, yeah, he could literally do this in the comfort of his home uh, between individual counseling as well as group counseling. Uh, my, myself, personally, uh, I, I've done counseling um, virtually. I've actually preferred it. I thought it was great, uh, opposed to going to a facility. Um, so it's definitely an option. It's definitely uh, an option we've seen success with as well. Okay, we are coming up on a break, uh, Derek, and we're going to do some more. We're going to have some more uh, information from Derek Kahn. He is a patient liaison and treatment advocate for Recovery Centers of America. 609-407-1450 is our number here. 609-407-1450. It is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is Talk With a Purpose, our Fighting the Opioid Addiction series. We'll have more with Derek Kahn after these words. We had a call come into the studio uh, during the break, and they asked for the phone number for Recovery Centers of America. And uh, I think we can give it out right now. 1-800-RECOVERY. 1-800-RECOVERY. That is a 24-7 hotline. They, If they get to the second ring, that's that's a, a miracle because they, they usually answer right away. And they're on that. Yeah. I mean, I called it a couple of times for friends, and it doesn't go to the second ring. It's uh, 
They're they're efficient. Uh, and Derek, you said you wanted to, during the break. You you told me that you wanted to give out your cell phone. So uh, this is Derek's yeah, cell yeah. phone. Give, would, give it out. Give it out, Derek. To John at Ocean City, has that question or anybody who's struggling? Uh, like I said earlier, I'm here seven days a week. Uh, it's never an inconvenience. Uh, this is a passion of mine. My cell is 717-863-0639. Give it out again. It's 717-863-0639. Like I said, it's on seven days a week. I'm here to help. Uh, it's never an inconvenience or a problem. That's that just what I do. This is why I, this is why I'm here. And of course, one eight hundred recovery is the other number. One eight hundred recovery. Yep. It's Recovery Centers of America. It's talk of the purpose. Our fighting the opioid addiction series. And again, six zero nine four zero seven fourteen fifty. If you uh, have a question for Derek, uh, are families important to the treatment process? Yeah, families are absolutely important to the treatment process. Uh, in Recovery Centers of America, we understand that one in- instance of addiction uh, affects seven individuals. Uh, it affects the person struggling as well as typically about seven family members or loved ones. Uh, and we're very cognitive and um, understanding of that. Uh, it's important to also remember that families can be uh, influential in the individual finding recovery. And it can also be influential in the individual struggling. So it's important that uh, that those family members understand what love and what enabling is. So love is caring in a positive fashion for their for your individual struggling. Enabling is actually, um, you know, when you're actually think you're providing love and care, but you're actually helping that individual uh, continue with their problem. So, like I said, it's important that we. We educate family on how to be good, uh, good factors in the individual recovery. Uh, something that Recovery Centers of America does amazingly with uh, is our Seeds to Recovery program, and that is specifically catered to the family members of the individual struggling. Uh, they do on-site um, classes and and events once a month, as well as a third month. I mean, I'm sorry, a third week of each month. They provide a virtual Seeds uh, of Recovery programming, and that's that's available to anybody interested. You know, you don't have to have an individual struggling, an individual uh, with Recovery Centers of America. I call in and just listen myself. It's so encouraging and inspiring. Uh, Trish Caldwell, um, uh, who leads that charge, does a fantastic job for Recovery Centers of America. So, yeah. we. And by the way, Trish has been on the show many times, so I'm familiar yeah. with her, yeah. Uh, is it better for a patient? Do you find that they have more success in recovery if the family is involved? You know, it's, it definitely helps in my personal experience with, with my circumstances, but family support can be a key factor in helping the individual find recovery. However, sobriety and recovery must be obtained by the individual for that individual. And that's really important to remember. Uh, with these cases, you know, when an individual seeks sobriety and recovery for someone other than themselves, codependencies can easily be formed, which can be counterproductive. So, again, it's very important uh, that we establish the difference between loving that person and enabling that person early on in the process. And that's why I'm not a professional in that field. 
Uh, and that's why I always rely on those professionals and really to educate the family. And Recovery Centers of America, like I said, does a fantastic job um, making sure that all individuals involved, not just the person who's essentially addicted, uh, gets educated and gets help to make sure that they understand what is good care and what is counterproductive care. You mentioned one program for the families. Uh, what else is there at RCA? Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, I actually have worked for a few different organizations myself in finding recovery. And what I can say is Recovery Centers of America's alumni programming and alumni association is second to none. I am floored on a daily basis about the passion behind this team. Uh, and as Brian O'Neill said, when he, uh, when he opened the first facility in Mays Landing, New Jersey, our lighthouse facility, he said, when you come to Recovery Centers of America, you are not a client. You're a part and a member of our family, and your membership through our family doesn't end with your stay at one of our facilities. You're a member and a family member for life. And our alumni association does an amazing job of making sure that that stays true today, uh, seven, so seven years later from opening that first facility. Uh, I had the privilege last night of actually just just being a part of their uh, virtual series of having guest speakers come on and tell their story. They had Damon West, who's a co-author with John Gordon, a, a motivational speaker uh, and author, uh, tell his story of recovery. And what was really cool was it wasn't just members of RCA, Recovery Centers of America, or their alumni team, but we actually had the patients in our facility uh, if they chose to, to actually uh, participate in the, in the in the meeting. It was really awesome. They do amazing fun events. Uh, they take out, you know, we have a lot of members of the Alumni Association and alumni take patients of our facility out bowling. I know a couple of them are doing a hayride for the Halloween festivities. Our Bracebridge Hall, Maryland facility had a movie night. Uh, and just kind of showing individuals that not only is recovery possible, but life, and life abundant is a possible in recovery. And you can do a lot of great things uh, without that drug or drink that you thought you needed to, to enjoy life. You know, I, I want to tell you about Thorough. Thorough is the middle name of Recovery Centers of America. <laughs> and I, I'm referring to the 500 bed story. Did you hear that one, by the way? No, you, no tell me more. Oh, okay. So... Brian O'Neill says the one thing that he finds that facilities is that he finds that people don't sleep and you got to get good sleep in order to really recover properly. So he had the staff try out 500 mattresses before they picked the ones that they were going to they were going to buy. And can you imagine 500 mattresses. I mean, you, you go to a mattress store and you, you don't know the difference between one or the, or, or the other. And he, here he has 500 that he has them try. So it, it really was a, a mission as far as that's concerned. So he wanted to make sure that they got good sleep. So he tried out 500 mattresses. What do you think of that? <laughs> I love it. And I believe it. I believe it. Like I said, uh, Brian O'Neill put this plan together in 2008 and opened our first facility in 2015. He is a very thorough man. He is a very passionate man, and he wants the best. And, uh, you know, our, our mattresses are Tempur-Pedic. 
Uh, they are very comfortable. Uh, and, and our goal is to give that individual not only the quality care, but the comfort of care to guarantee that they have the best opportunity to find recovery. Uh, can you tell us another story of, of a success? Uh, you, you told us the story of Glenn earlier, but can you tell us a, another one that sticks out in your mind that maybe uh, you didn't think he was going to, or he or she? Sure. Get sure. It? So, so I had an individual uh, named Ozzy, uh, Oswaldo. And I remember the first night I met him, um, he was struggling with heroin. And uh, and he was living somewhat on the street, so he had he had gotten, I guess, jumped. Uh, and, and he said his name, and uh, and I didn't really understand what he said, but I wasn't going to ask him twice. He, he kind of looked that rough and rugged kind of individual. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, struggling with heroin and other substances and another individual really had a, a tough life. But again, addiction, it doesn't discriminate on your lifestyle or where you come from. It's, it's anybody is vulnerable to that disease and everybody deserves the opportunity uh, of getting well. And uh, Ozzy celebrating about two years of recovery. And wow. uh, I actually just saw him up playing the drums at our local church I attend. And I just took a picture of him. I said, hey, do you mind if I send this on Facebook? I just need to recognize you. You know, from where you were to who you are today and the amazing things you're doing uh, and amazing things that you never probably dreamed you'd be doing in addiction, right? Uh, but, you know, individuals who find recovery, they're resilient individuals. Um, and, and once we find what works to, to keep that keep that day sober, uh, the sky is the limit. And it's just exciting to see individuals uh, once in the bondage of addiction now living free lives and I'm, opportunities to I'm, just find happiness. I'm curious, to what do you attribute his success? That's a great question. I think it's uh, just getting the opportunity for somebody to say, hey, like, let's get you help. That's what breaks my heart the most is when individuals don't know that help is there and there's people that care about you. Uh, you know, our organization, Recovery Centers of America, I don't have the numbers, but I would bet, I would say probably 85% of our employees are either in recovery themselves or were closely affected by addiction, whether it be um, a family member or spouse. And that, that's kind of the special sauce in a lot of ways with our organization is that we, we're, we're, we're personally connected and invested in helping other individuals find recovery. Yeah, they don't, I think that's what it is. They don't think that they can get help because they think they're too far gone, right? That, that that's usually yeah, they think they're yeah. too far gone. They think they're an inconvenience. They don't think they're worth recovery. There's a lot of shame in addiction. And like I said, it, it can go after anybody. Uh, there's no discrimination of race, social class, gender. And, and just to have somebody know that we care and we want to help you and we want to help your loved one. Uh, we're going to go to any lengths that we can do or we can go to, to, to make sure that happens for you. We have, um, Another break, and we have some final thoughts with Derek Hahn here on Talk With a Purpose, WPG Talk Radio 95.5, our Fighting the Opioid Addiction series. If you have a question, 609-407-1450, 609-407-1450. Final thoughts with Derek Hahn and our Fighting the Opioid Addiction series with our partners, Recovery Centers of America, after these words. Back here on Talk With a Purpose, our Fighting the Opioid Addiction series 
with Recovery Centers of America. And again, we'll give out that number, 1-800-RECOVERY, 1-800-RECOVERY, Recovery Centers of America. And Derek, I know you want to give out your cell phone again, so go ahead. Always here, 717-863-0639 at 717-863-0639. Okay. Uh, 609-407-1450, we have a couple of minutes left of the program. Uh, I guess I, I want to really dig into this. Do you find that there's a certain temperament that you have or that other treatment advocates have in terms of dealing with these uh, situations? Talk about that and talk about the temperament that you have to have. Yeah, John, that's a great question. Uh, I think the first characteristic that you really uh, that can be beneficial is empathy. You know, empathy is being able to understand and feel what somebody's feeling without actually experiencing it yourself. And that's important to, to realize uh, that when you get a call, somebody's hurting. And the best thing you can do is to listen and really respect them and try to see how how you uh, how you can find a solution for that person. Uh, I think life experience is definitely complementary to this role. You know, being in recovery myself uh, provides a lot of spoken and unspoken understanding of what that individual is experiencing. Um, and I think it's, uh, for me, it's important to not hide that. Um, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be in recovery. So you let them know, you, you let the potential patient know that you're in recovery too. So then it kind of becomes a bonding thing, right? Yeah, and, and of course, it's not the first thing I, I provide. Uh, it's, it's, it's when it's relatable, when it's relatable to that individual. Uh, because at the end, it's about the individual, about the individual getting the help they need. Uh, it's never about yourself as an advocate or somebody in recovery. But, you know, as that conversation progresses, it's, it's pretty simple to find uh, something you have in common with that person. And uh, I don't recognize alcohol uh, any different than any other substance when we talk about substance use addiction. Uh, to me, it's kind of always the same. It's often the symptom. Uh, that drug or drink is that symptom covering up that underlying pain. Uh, and that's why, you know, typical medical detox takes five to seven days. But the 28-day resident, residential program is why it's so important to really kind of uncover and re, 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 reprogram the brain to, to healthy living. You talked about... Uh, something that... My, Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that's something that, that, that my supervisor, I'm so blessed to have, Kyle Grady, talks a lot about, uh, is finding that connection with that individual to get that individual the help they need. Uh, we, we talked about families, and you did say there is a difference between enabling and helping. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? As what is enabling and what is helping? Yeah, enabling is providing opportunity or resources to that individual to use that drink or drug. Um, you know, and sometimes we got to start taking, a, you know, whether it be uh, providing financial resources because the individual is spending their personal finances on, you know, the drink or drug. Uh, it could be as simple as paying uh, a bill 
because they used those finances that were supposed to be used in a healthy living style for the, for those needs uh, for something that's unhealthy like drugs or alcohol, um, providing transportation um, and methods of transportation to find that drug or alcohol. Uh, and our intervention team, which, by the way, we have free intervention services provided for all viable patients for Recovery Centers of America. And I, I'm lucky. I actually, my office is right next to the intervention team. And again, I am floored and just full gratitude every day. I, I talk to that team and I sometimes have to work with that team uh, about just how knowledgeable and passionate they are. Uh, and they kind of will talk to those family members in that crisis level of intervention needs about, you know, if you own a car and your son has privileges of that car and you know they're using that car uh, to find that drug or alcohol, you got to take that away from them. Yeah, you got to establish. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people. What a lot of people don't do that. You yeah. got yeah. to say, hey, look, this is not okay, and uh, you got to, in some ways, respect yourself enough to say this is not okay for for you to use me for this or that. Derek, we thank you very much for spending an hour with us.